Good morning, friends. We're going to be looking in Romans 5 this morning about the topic of hope. Hope that will not disappoint. Hope in God. There's a brilliant scene in one of my favourite movies, The Shawshank Redemption. If you don't know the movie, it's the story set in the 1940s and 50s of a banker by the name of Andy Dufresne, who's given a lifetime sentence in this horrible prison for murder, despite his claims of innocence. And in the movie, there's this scene where he sits down with his friends in the canteen after having spent two weeks in the hole, which is this horrible, cramped, solitary confinement in complete darkness. And he's just speaking to them. They're asking him how he got on. And he tells his friends how it was Mozart that carried him through those two weeks, the beautiful music swirling around his head and his heart, despite the awful environment. And this is what he says. Dufresne says, that's the beauty of music. They can't take that from you. And his friends look at him confused and he goes on. You need music in here so you don't forget that there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. That there's something inside that they can't get to. They can't touch. It's yours. Now his friends are more than just confused. One of them, who goes by the name Red, played by Morgan Freeman, scornfully spits back at him, what are you talking about? And Dufresne replies, hope. To which Red comes back in a kind of hushed rage and says this, hope, let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. You better get used to that idea. Hope is a dangerous thing. That's true, isn't it? When we hope in something, there is usually an element of risk involved in that. So we might hope in our car to get us where we need to go. And then something can go wrong in the car. Or the MOT test happens and the bill happens. We might hope in the weather for a day out that we've planned or a picnic or something. And then uh, Scotland happens <laughs> so here. It, it was sunny a minute ago and now it's cold and the clouds have, have rolled in. Or we might hope in uh, our favourite sports team to win the league. And then... Well, <laughs> sorry, no. Even in that, you, you really can't root your hope in that. You can enjoy it for a moment until you realise that the last time Liverpool won the league, it took them 30 years to do it again. I better, you better not place your hope ultimately in the performance of a sports team. Even when things in life that we enjoy go well, there's real danger in rooting our hope and our trust fundamentally in those things. So if we think about our job, sometimes it can go well. Sometimes not. Don't root your trust there. Think about hobbies. Even think about the most important things about living with harmony and well-being in terms of our, our health or our relationships with those around about us or even as we look out and see what's going on in society, there is danger to fundamentally rooting our hope in these good things. I mean, this year has, sh has shown this so urgently, hasn't it? I don't know what you're hoping 2020 to be like. I'm sure for many of us, our hopes for this year, yes, some more frivolous than others, but 
I'm sure many of your hopes for 2020 have been dashed. Some lives, of course, have been profoundly affected by what's going on this year. Either as we, we look back to what has been, or maybe just for some of us as we look forward to what's coming, we might resonate with Red's words from the movie where he says hope is a dangerous thing. It can lead to disappointment after disappointment. And in that, as he says in that scene, we can go insane sometimes. So we're often tempted to do as he did, to, to close ourselves off to hope, at least hope which is external to us. How many of us have heard that, that message said to us or we've had to say it to ourselves, you can't trust in anyone but yourself. And tragically, there are so many people, maybe some of you watching this this, this message that there, there's almost no other conclusion that you can rest in because of the way you've been treated so badly over and again by so many other people. So we, we banish hope from the way that we live our lives and the danger is then that we can become cold, we can become hardened, we can become distant, even perhaps cynical because at least that's the safer alternative. To all of which, friends, the Bible says... No, God does not want us to settle for that. In his letter to the Romans in chapter 5, verse 5, Paul let those followers of Jesus know, hope does not put us to shame. This is our promise for today. Hope does not put us to shame. True hope, hope in the right place, in the right person, in the right God, that hope will not leave us in the place of shame. What's that little phrase talking about? Hope does not put us to shame. Well, this is what Red was trying to guard himself from in the movie. He was trapped in his circumstances and he didn't want to be left feeling ashamed, let down, deceived left with no honour. That's what this little phrase about the potential for us to, for hope to put us to shame, that's what it's getting at. That if we repeatedly build our lives on foundations that cannot stay strong forever, we will end up crumbled in the dust, feeling shamed, let down, gutted. And the danger is that when that happens, we either just live in that place and accept this is, this is all I deserve, this is all I'm good enough for, or we become angry, we become bitter, hardened and cynical. Dear friends, the scriptures want to point us to a different way. Hope understood and embraced correctly is not a dangerous thing. It can be the light that we live in. It can be the water that we swim in. It can be the Mozart that plays in our hearts and our heads, even though you know what we may be living in dark, cramped, confined, solitary circumstances that are awful and difficult. We can be carried through that because of true godly hope. I want to share with you quickly for things that we learn about hope from these verses. The first is this, it doesn't happen without Jesus. This is what verse one is saying. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that means made right with God by faith. It means caught up in God's perfect covenant faithfulness. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This hope that we're talking about is absolutely rooted in the peace of God that can be ours, that comes through faith in Jesus. You see, without God, without hope in God, without peace with God, this character read in this movie, he's right, hope is dangerous. And again, I think for many, that has been starkly underlined in 2020. The things that we've trusted in have crumbled, have shown themselves to be crumbling away. We need help from beyond us, from beyond what this world can bring. I think that's true for many. People have felt that in these days. But maybe that's not true for you. Maybe for for others of us, there are a number of people who have, who have yet to personally feel the pain of what has been going on this year. For example, their income has stayed the same while their spending has gone down, so they've more money to invest or, or to spend. Perhaps their living circumstances have been comfortable. The, the relationships around them with their friends or with their family have been, have been positive. But the testimony of the scriptures would be that even in those circumstances, even if you get to your, you know, your, your last breath and you've lived the most virtuous, peaceful, happy, contented life, one day all of us will meet God. And to know peace with this God, to know rest with God, to know communion with God, the Bible tells us we need Jesus, Savior. It's him that brings that about. He is my only hope. He can be your hope. Two. So the first thing is our hope is found in Jesus. The second thing is our hope is ultimately rooted in who God is. Not only is it possible because of God, that's verse one, but it's centered on the wonderful display of God's character. Look at verse two, the second part of verse two. It says, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I wonder, have you done that this week? As you've sought to find joy, hope, purpose, peace, has that been found in the hope of the glory of God? Yes, there is a sense in which we can see God's glory around about us in this world and the scriptures as we read about Jesus now. But there is also a hope that we have to, to encounter and to, to see and behold the glory of God. And, and we need more of this hope in our lives, hope today which is rooted in what will happen what we will see what we will experience and taste and savor and rejoice in after we have breathed our last breath on this earth it's like peter wrote in his first letter chapter 1 verse 13 he it's it's a command he has here he says preparing your minds for action and being sober minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at what at the revelation of Jesus Christ, our hope in the glory of God. So our hope comes through Jesus. Our hope is rooted in who God is and the wonderful display of that. Thirdly, hope grows as we walk through hard times. Verse three, it says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. For those who know God as their Father, this truth is as perplexing as it is prevalent. This truth is as wrestled with and scrutinised, trying to understand how can we rejoice in our sufferings, 
as it is surrendered to and testified of. Just this week, I had another conversation. These are not unusual conversations for me to have or, or, or for you to hear if there's a testimony time at church or something like that, where someone told me with, with tears rolling down their cheeks, they said this was the hardest time of their life. They didn't like what was going on. It wasn't what they prayed for. It wasn't how God was, it wasn't how they were hoping that God was going to come through. But they said they never hoped in God like they had until this point. Why? Because they'd never had to. That's what suffering brings about. Suffering, endurance, character, hope. And, and, and that is, that's worth rejoicing. That's why Paul says we rejoice in our sufferings. And, and we're not glib about that. We're not flippant. We're not uncaring. We need comfort and care for one another and hugs and help from one another in all of these things. But, but, but sometimes through profoundly difficult seasons, God can bring about strong and deep joy in strong and deep and true everlasting hope. And then the final thing is this. You can rely on this hope in God because he loves you. Because he loves you. Hope's a dangerous thing. Not when it's rooted in the love that God has for you. Verse 5. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So this is picking up on Harley's point from last week that God has not left us alone but has given us of his spirit and here we find that through the giving of the spirit God's love has been poured into our hearts and it's because of that that we know that we can rely on this hope. This hope is not dangerous. This hope will never let us down. It will never leave you feeling shamed or bereft. Why? Because God loves you. Because God loves you. Sometimes we just need to hear that simple, awesome truth. And the Bible has lots of ways that this is presented to us. So it says that God lavishes his love on us. He loves us with an everlasting love. He's abounding in love. His love endures forever. His love is steadfast. In Micah 7, 18, it says he delights in steadfast love. And here in Romans 5, the imagery that Paul uses is so beautiful. God's love is poured into our hearts. When I was little, we used to do these uh, plaster casts. Uh, here's a picture of a Rupert that I'm not sure if it was my brother or my sister. I know it wasn't me because I was never that good at painting them. This is Rupert from one of these plaster caster sets. And you'd pour the plaster of Paris into the mould and eventually peel the mould off. And it was always amazing to me how detailed and textured the finish was. That picture didn't look quite like that because that was a lot of years old. <laughs> Um, but when you first took it out, no little bump was, was left undefined. No corner, no crevice, no crease was, was left unfilled. The, the plaster had seeped into every single part of the mold. And that's what's so beautiful about this image. God's love is poured into our hearts. So yes, that speaks of abundance and overflow, but it also speaks of the fullness and the thoroughness and the all-encompassing 
way that God loves us. If I was to, to lift up a, you know, a jug of water just now and kind of pour it over this desk and computer and all the stuff that's here, it would get everywhere. It would get into everything. This is like God's love for you. Nothing is left out. No corner missed. No crease able to, to hide or, or stay away. You know, I don't know whether some of you over your life might feel that you've been crushed and, and crumpled over the course of your life. And you it's almost like you've just had to withdraw and to fold yourself up to keep from getting hurt. And you think, how can God love me? But God's love is poured into your heart. God's love will get to you. His love is not like any other in its makeup or in its supply. This is God's love and it has been poured into the very heart of your existence. Know that today. Ask for God's Spirit to reveal that truth and for you to, to know that in your head and to feel it in your heart. Maybe to surrender to it if you're struggling with it. You can know hope today. Why? Because God's love has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. Because God loves you. He has poured out his love by the pouring out, same word Jesus uses, of his blood at Calvary's cross. And by the pouring out, same word as in Acts chapter 2, of the Holy Spirit. God has poured himself out for you that you might know him and that you might know peace with him. As we hope in this God of abundance who liberally pours his love out, you can know hope that will not put you to shame, that will not disappoint you, that will not let you down. Receive of God's love today and rest in his hope this week forevermore.